Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome, welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, your host. Uh, thank you for joining me. Uh, happy Tuesday uh, to you and yours. We're getting right into the heart of the work week. We're through Monday, We're, it's Tuesday. Uh, thank you so much for spending this time with me and the Fearless Army. Uh, awesome, awesome show uh, planned for you today. Uh, Steve Kim, the Korean Cosell will be here. Delano Squire, smartest man on the show, he'll be here. Uh, but before I get to Steve and, and, and Delano, I'm going to unpack an unscripted mono, and I just want to put out a warning uh, to Steve and, and Delano and you guys watching and listening at home. This may take more time than I anticipated for me to unpack this. Uh, because the more and more I thought about this topic that I'm gonna unpack, this fire starter, and because I'm doing it in an unscripted fashion, a lot of times I, I write out my mono, it's, it's the column I use, and, and I use that as the foundation for my thoughts, and so I know how much time I'm gonna spend with it. But sometimes I wanna go unscripted because I just need a little bit more flexibility and wiggle room, and I don't want to put any parameters on, on what I say. And <clears throat> this conversation today, uh, I'm hoping I'm going to unpack in a timely fashion. I'm hoping that I can show some discipline and understand that brevity is the soul of wit and being concise. Uh, but I think I got a lot to say about this. Uh, and, and, and I think it's going to take a little time and I've got to add a little context around uh, what I'm going to talk about today. Uh, and some of it will be light, some of it will be serious, but it will all revolve around, and we'll start the fire right now, it will all revolve around values versus votes. And it will revolve around my uh, experience last night with going to see uh, Terror on the Prairie. Uh, for those of you that do not know, that's the Daily Wire's latest movie. It's not a documentary, it's a movie. Uh, Prairie, uh, Terror on the Prairie. It's starring uh, Gina Carano, uh, the Disney uh, actress who was canceled and landed at the Daily Wire and is restarting her career at, at the Daily Wire. Uh, Gina, former MMA uh, fighter, mixed martial artist, uh, I think ended up losing to Chris Cyborg and, and walked away from that and then launched an acting career. I was having a little success with Disney and I think with uh, Star Trek or Star Wars type characters and, and then 
uh, said a few things uh, that didn't fit the Hollywood narrative and kind of it actually elevated her profile because again, not to be dismissive, but you know, Gina Carano is not Meryl Streep. Uh, she's a former athlete, former mixed martial artist uh, who's dabbling in acting and, and is starting to build an acting career. Uh, so she's not Meryl Streep, you know, she's not some super duper thespian. Uh, she's not Margot Robbie. Uh, she's not some jaw-dropping, breathtaking, 105-pound uh, supermodel. Uh, you know, she's Gina Carano, attractive woman, attractive former athlete, uh, who's, you know, was some sort of Disney character. And this whole controversy that she got in about being canceled or whatever kind of heightened her career. And so uh, she's the big star of the Daily Wire's new movie, Terror on the Prairie. And they've built uh, a lot of their brand in terms of going in this movie direction about working with Gina. And, and so last night they debuted uh, the movie, uh, Terror on the Prairie. And as I'm prone to do, uh, I'm, I, I consider myself uh, one of the best unrecognized uh, movie critics in the country. I, I think that probably if there's, if I wasn't a college athlete, if I wasn't a sports writer, I was put on this earth to be a movie critic, television show critic. I, I, I think my analysis of movies and TV shows is as good as anybody's in the country. And, and so I go last night, they had their debut, their premiere here in Nashville, and man, is it a first class event. Uh, I was dressed kind of casually. I wore the same thing uh, that I had on yesterday's show, kind of a UPS brown look. Uh, <laughs> but, and, and I didn't do any of the red carpet stuff and you know all that Hollywood stuff that I left behind when I left LA, I wasn't interested in and really didn't carry those kind of expectations. And so when I showed up uh, to their premiere last night at the AMC Dine-In Theater in Franklin, uh, Tennessee, which is 20, 30 minutes outside of Nashville. Uh, when I showed up, I was like, oh my God, everybody's dressed like they're going to the Oscars. And I mean, the women were dressed spectacularly and beautifully and uh, men were in, you know, tuxes and suits. And it, it was a great event and particularly, you know, look, Nashville's got a lot going on. This area's got a lot going on, but this felt like a Hollywood premiere. And I was like, man, this is big time. They're taking it seriously. And obviously we've seen the Daily Wire and their conversations about disrupting Hollywood, disrupting Disney and, and creating culture so that you can impact the culture. We knew aspirationally that they want to have major impact on American culture. They want to take on the giants of all giants. And <clears throat> coming off the success of the What is a Woman documentary, uh, they had a lot of great momentum going into this movie last night. What is a Woman came out, what, two weeks ago? And it's, uh, even with my little small quibbles, I have to acknowledge, like, what is a woman? 
fantastic piece of uh, content, uh, you know, groundbreaking, disruptive. You know, what I'd like to have seen them include the biblical aspect, absolutely, but no one can deny that that documentary is awesome and fits the Daily Wire brand. The Daily Wire is a disruptive organization. It's, a, it's being disruptive in the media space. The Daily Wire, uh, I believe, uh, over Facebook has more traction, more reach than the New York Times or any other media outlet. Uh, their stable of, of talent uh, is second to none. Uh, you know, with Ben Shapiro and Matt Walsh, who I've already mentioned, Andrew Claven, Michael Knowles, Candace Owens. Uh, they're being very, very disruptive in the media space, in the political media space. Uh, and what is a woman? So I'm kind of reluctant to say this because it's being disruptive in the documentary space. But terror on the prairie, not disruptive. And so I, I want to start here and, and play the movie trailer because this is this is a Western movie starring Gina Carano. I would say it's set in the 1870s, I, I, I believe. I love Western movies. So let's go ahead and play the trailer just to give you a little taste. Like this is a big budget Western movie uh, featuring uh, Gina Carano who they, uh, are promoting as their star of their film industry. Uh, let's play the, the trailer. Giving you a little taste of the trailer. Uh, and so I, I just, before I go full-throated into this, I wanna give you a little context as it relates to me. You guys remember a couple of weeks ago when we talked about Top Gun Maverick and, and we did the Fearless at the movies, basically, or Tennessee Harmony at the movies, and me, Bobby, Anthony, and TJ Moe talked about Top Gun Maverick. I'm a movie buff. I love Western movies. Love Western movies. And so just to give you a little bit more context, when I say I love Western movies, I want to tell you what kind of Western movies I love. And so here are my top five movie Westerns of all time. Uh, Pale Rider is at the top of, of my list. I love the movie Pale Rider. I love Clint Eastwood in the movie Pale Rider. I love the whole story of Pale Rider and a little mining town out west, probably in Sacramento or somewhere, and they're being taken advantage of, and Clint Eastwood's character, uh, there's a little girl that's halfway in love with him, and, and 
I think the, the, the mom is halfway in love with him and he saves the whole town and uh, shoots up the bad guys and rides out of town. And Pale Rider is playing all biblical scriptures of the Pale Horse and the Apocalypse and Pale Rider is a great movie. Awesome movie. I can watch that anytime. I think it came out in like 85, 86, somewhere around that. Uh, my second favorite Western, Unforgiven. Clint Eastwood. I'm a Clint Eastwood junkie when it comes to where I should have mentioned High Noon or anything, but my second favorite is Unforgiven. Awesome, awesome movie. Uh, you know, a, a, well, let's just use the words they were using a Western. A whore is attacked and brutalized, her face cut up uh, at a saloon somewhere and the, the other, her co-workers, her peers at this whorehouse uh, gather up some money uh, to find someone to avenge their death uh, or avenge the assault on this woman. And it turns out to be uh, Clint Eastwood. Awesome, awesome movie. Third favorite Western, <laughs> relatively new, Hateful Eight. I mean, if you wanna laugh, if you, if you wanna see Samuel L. Jackson at, at his best, clever there's so much clever dialogue to me the hateful eight anybody remember the show deadwood on uh hbo the hateful eight is has that kind of clever dialogue twist and turns it's it's hilarious it's it's shocking some of it but i love the hateful eight uh samuel L. jackson awesome in the hate in the hateful eight Django unchained would be my fourth love jamie fox uh, what he did in that movie, I've, it's a movie that I've rewatched several times. The scenes at the end where uh, Jamie Foxx is shooting up everybody and <laughs> shoots the one. It's hilarious. It's a great movie. Love Django Unchained. And then anybody, if you love Pale Rider like I do, you got to give it up for the original Pale Rider, which was basically Shane the movie Shane with Alan Ladd. And, and that was kind of the blueprint. Pale Rider's really just a remake of Shane. So I, I just wanted to give you all that context before I go into Terror on the Prairie and why I'm framing it about values versus votes. That, that's my theme for today and that and I say that because the Daily Wire is a political news organization that's a conservative political news organization. And people are attaching uh, their hopes for change in the American culture to a political news organization. And, and one of the things we should have learned by now is that political people and political organizations are going to eventually let you down because the vote is more important than the values. And so as I talk about terror on the prairie, I'm going to try to explain to you how we're bringing unreasonable expectations to a political news organization that like all politics, whether Republican or Democrat, they wet their finger, put it in the air, see which way the wind is blowing, and they're gonna eventually bow to that wind. Because again, votes 
matter more than values. And, and the reason why I'm bringing all of this up and I'm going to, when I'm done talking about this, it's all a story about why what we're doing here at Fearless is highly important and what this whole Fearless Army thing is about. We're about values. Values are more important than votes. People ask me, oh, Jason, you don't vote. And, you, don't, you know, that's terrible. And I can't respect you because you don't vote. You don't. And, and, and I've already, I'm on the record. And this year, midterm, I'm probably going to vote. But I'll never take politics as seriously as I do my values and my religious convictions. And so those of you sitting around waiting, thinking politics is going to fix what's wrong with America, you're greatly mistaken. We're in a spiritual war where your values are most important. And we keep placing our hopes in political people and political organizations and then getting disappointed when they betray us because they don't care about values. I don't say this disrespectfully towards uh, uh, Ben Shapiro, Jeremy Boring, and the people at the Daily Wire. But again, facts don't care about your feelings and politicians don't care about your values. They care about your votes. And so here I go to watch Tara on the Prairie last night <clears throat> and I'm going to walk you through why and, and I'm going to walk you through why I think it's a movie that missed the mark, not compelling and conservative people and and Republican people. But most importantly, Christian people will be disappointed by this movie. And and it it it. As much as I'm rooting for the guys at the Daily Wire, and I am, I'm telling you, I like these guys. I like what they're doing. I keep talking about their content on my show. I love to have any of them on. Had Matt Walsh here, have been on their shows, will continue to go on their shows. But what I want you to understand is there's a difference between what they're doing and what I'm doing and what we're doing with this fearless army. And if you're interested in saving America and saving the values and the freedoms that you've come to appreciate, you're going to have to quit placing your hopes in political people and place your hopes in Christianity and servants to God and people that are slaves to those values, not votes. So, Terror on the Prairie. I could have gotten this movie off of Netflix. This was a Netflix type movie. Everything I see on Netflix, virtually everything I see on Amazon Prime that come, that's come out in the past 10 years, past 15 years, it's, it forces a woman into the hero role. And a woman is the greatest creation God ever made, and uh, a woman could do everything a man could do. 
And so this, I'm going to, spoiler alert for those of you that haven't seen the movie, and there's only a handful of us, 300, 400 of us that saw it, that were there last night at the premiere, so that's virtually everybody in this audience hasn't seen the movie. Uh, but Gina Carano uh, is the hero of this movie, which I don't have a problem with women being heroes. But when the movie is about being stranded on the prairie, your husband has taken a wagon into the city in the morning and four outlaws come to your little shack in the middle of the prairie and all that's there is your nine-year-old son and your infant daughter, I believe, who's still in a crib, a bat, you know, looks to be six months, three months old. And four outlaws who are former Confederate soldiers surround your house with shotguns. And the only thing that stands between them is your little raggedy shack and uh, a shotgun and a few little pistols that you have in there. And you hold off these four men, outlaws, former Confederate soldiers. You hold them off for close to 24 hours, 20 hours, 18 hours, I, I, I don't know. And, and not only do you hold them off, by the end of the movie, you, the woman, has killed three of the outlaws. And your husband shows up in time at the end of the movie, and he kills one of the outlaws who is 100, 200 yards away riding away on horseback and your husband shoots this guy in the back with some kind of long range gun. He's a sharpshooter or whatever. But the woman, Gina Carano, she's killed three men throughout this movie. These three, three outlaws at close range, uh, you know, in, in a heroic fashion. And the man, the husband, he kills one as he's riding away and he's 200 yards away and he shoots him in the back. And that's the movie. So Gina Carano basically is starring in a Western version of the Queen Latifah TV show, The Equalizer. And so just how we have a 50 year old overweight Queen Latifah uh, jumping off balconies and beating up men every Sunday night on the TV show, The Equalizer. Uh, we now have Gina Carano, who's probably around 40. Uh, now she is a former athlete, it's more believable, but you know, she has stabbed one man, shot two others, uh, you know, held him off at bay all day in her house alone with her, her nine-year-old son is virtually no help. Uh, I think maybe he wounds one guy in, in a shootout, but virtually no help, and the little infant. And so we have the superhero woman in a role that has traditionally, I just walked you through my favorite Westerns. And again, I know I can be accused of being a sexist pig. I'll carry that negative rap, that I'm a sexist pig. What I am, in reality, again, my critics can call me a sexist pig. What I am in reality is just a realistic person with a biblical worldview who believes in male leadership, 
who believes in the patriarchy, who believes that, particularly if you're gonna take me back to the 1870s, before any of this technology that we have now, when life was really, really hard, when life was really, really hard, men were the heroes of physical confrontations and all these types of disputes and men and women and their roles were far more pronounced and obvious because you couldn't survive without a man in the 1870s. All this crap we got going on now, where like, oh, the government will send me a paycheck and I don't need a man and, you know, we don't, I, I don't have to hunt. I can just, uh, uh, get on Instacart and have food delivered to me? Yeah. Women don't need men the way they did in the 1870s. And I'm not saying that there aren't women that are hunters and all that, but again, it's 1870s. It's really rough out there. And there, there weren't women running around in the 1870s. I don't need no man. That just was not happening. Things were so primitive. If you got caught home alone and four outlaws showed up at your door. Trust me, you needed a man and you were looking for a man. And so the, the movie's based on, uh, look, could it have happened? Were there some women that, you know, perhaps were married and had just delivered a baby and all that and who could fight off four Confederate soldiers, perhaps? And maybe that's, movies aren't made about ordinary people, they're made about extraordinary people. And so perhaps there was this Gina Carano. And again, this isn't saying it's based on a true story, but again, when you stretch my mind of believability, that, that's where you lose me. And, and they just stretch my mind too far as it relates to believability. The, when she invited them into her home and said she was cooking for them and all that, whew. And we really are living in a different time when four guys can just show up and you, come on in. I got my little baby in here, my nine-year-old, my husband's away. Come on in, I'll cook you guys, you know, and, and maybe you kill them with kindness to try to keep them at bay. I, I, I don't know, but I'm tired of these movies where women are doing things that traditionally Clint Eastwood, Alan Ladd, Jamie Foxx, and Samuel Jackson used to do. Now, Gina Carano's on a pale horse and she's saving the day. And again, this is woke leftist stuff. That, that's not my biggest complaint with the movie. And this may not even be my biggest complaint, but it's bigger than the one I just talked about. The evil villain in this movie, the most wicked character, despised, despicable character, is a white Confederate soldier who quotes biblical scripture at virtually every turn to justify his wickedness. And so the Daily Wire has put together a movie that has a villain who is a devout Christian and can quote biblical scripture 
at the drop of a hat. That's a Netflix movie. That's not what I'm expecting to get from the Daily Wire. That's a Hollywood movie that Christians and their theology and their Bible are the justification for wickedness. So it's Gina Carano versus this villain, uh, and what Miller? Wouldn't they call him Captain Miller or what? What? I can't remember. But this villain antagonist is uh, a devout Christian, quoting scripture everywhere, and he's a racist Confederate soldier. That's not the movie I'm expecting from the Daily Wire. And so they've put together a feminist movie and a woke movie. And then, and again, that's my second biggest complaint. The, the racist, Christian, evil person justifying his evil and wickedness with biblical scriptures. Gina Carano uh, basically pretending to be Clint Eastwood and Pale Rider. That's my third biggest complaint. My biggest complaint with the movie is just like, it's not compelling. I wasn't in any real way rooting for Gina Carano because they didn't give me a reason to. They didn't give me a backstory on her that was compelling enough that, that made me like really invested in her survival. And then as it relates to compelling, it's based on this plot twist. And again, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the movie and most of you haven't, uh, is the plot twist is that the Confederate soldier, evil Confederate soldier, he's driven by the death of his daughter. And they never fully explained to me because what they were upset about is Gina Carano's husband, he somehow played a role in the death of this other guy's daughter and he was there to avenge her death. And the whole justification and narrative of why uh, or how Gina Carano's husband killed was just very weak. I had to call, I, Pastor Bobby went to the movie with me or met me at the movies. And I had to call him this morning and say, hey man, did I just miss it or did they explain how the, the evil villain's daughter's death was attached or what the Gina Carano's husband did uh, to kill her that made this guy, I, I just got, I'm just unclear, I don't remember. And he, and he goes, yeah, they, <clears throat> he, he burned a house down that she was in and it, it just, it was just weak and not good and not, told in a compelling fashion. So the movie wasn't compelling. It was woke and Gina and it was feminist. And, and I'm looking at the Daily Wire and I'm asking this question authentically. What's going on? What's your agenda? Do you not understand your brand? And, and I say this not uh, as a vilification, 
or I'm trying to even not say it with anger. I'm saying it as like, I'm rooting for you. You guys are really smart. You guys are really aggressive. I think you need some help. I think you're being hoodwinked and led astray by, I, I think the producer of this is a guy, Dallas Soigner, S-O-N-N-I-E-R, Dallas, I'm not 100% sure on how to pronounce his last, Soigner. He was there last night and he uh, kind of emceed the event. And, and, and perhaps led astray also by Gina Carano, who was also there last night and helped MC uh, the event. But the Daily Wire, here, here's what I want to ask you guys. And I'm talking about Jeremy and Ben, and, and I think there's a guy, Caleb, that's involved, uh, Matt Walsh, uh, Andrew Claven. Many of these guys have, in the past, worn their faith and religious beliefs pretty publicly. I'm wondering if you're letting this whole movie thing and people like Dallas Sanier and, and Gina Carano, these Hollywood people that have been canceled and, and are doing this clearly, Dallas and Gina are doing, making movies based on this movie that are intended to give them a path back to Hollywood. They're not true believers in the cultural war that's going on. These are people that are upset that they've been canceled by Hollywood. And so their uh, political beliefs and their passion is, is a byproduct of circumstance, not true conviction. And so they're going to make movies for you and lead you and, and influence your culture to do things that will leave a path for them back to Hollywood or lead a path for Hollywood to the Daily Wire. You understand what I'm saying? That this movie and what I'm seeing from the Daily Wire is they're trying to please leftists. That was my complaint with what is a one. Oh, they left God out because, and, and Matt Walsh said it, and I don't, I'm not saying this disrespectfully, but he said it. He, he didn't want to trigger the left and have them write a bunch of reviews about, hey, this is a biblical thing, blah, blah, blah. And, and so he left it out. Again, they're obsessed with leftists. And let me leave this out because it'll trigger leftists and, and we'll lose the leftists. And so, and now I'm looking at a movie that has a feminist script and a woke script built into it and it's not compelling and it's something appropriate for Netflix. And so again, they're not thinking about me. They invited me to this movie and I appreciate it. And I'll go to the next thing they invite me to if they'll have me back, but I'm going to be honest. And I'm going to be honest because I love these guys. I want them to be successful. It's going to be hard for them to get anybody to be honest about this movie and this project. 
because one, they've spent a lot of money on it. Two, most people don't like telling people the truth. And so there was a lot of applause and praise for that movie last night. And I, you know, I told Bobby and I told a couple other people that I actually knew went right there at the theater what I thought. And we had that discussion and they agreed with me and thought the exact same thing. I'm not going to call them by name, uh, but I did have people I didn't know ask me, hey, what would you think of the movie? Oh, it was great. Oh, it, was, it was awesome. And I just kept it moving because it's not worth the hassle of me taking the I don't know how they're going to respond to the truth. So I was like, I'll wait till I get here, get in the comfort of my studio. And now I'll tell you the truth. But at that event, and so I'm just worried that no one's going to tell them the truth. And so I'm going to do it out of love, out of like, hey guys, the Daily Wire has a brand. You're betraying that brand. People are bringing expectations into your content projects. And as it relates to terror on the prayer, and then if you go back to the other movie they put out in the past year, I think Shut In. If you go back to the, the movie that I think they were loosely involved with or involved with the promotion, Run, Hide, Fight. So Run, Hide, Fight uh, had a female heroine, hero, I think some 17-year-old girl uh, shut in, which I watched because I support the Daily Wire. I have a subscription. I support these guys. Shut in. I watched that. That's some woman and her child trapped in a house in a closet, uh, basically avoiding the brutality of her drugged up ex-husband and her super drugged up and wicked husband's best friend. And so the Daily Wire has been involved in three movie projects and all of them have female heroes. Just, just think that through. And then I want you to think about Fearless and this army and this movement that we're trying to start here and why it's important. This is about inspiring and raising up men to live up to their biblical responsibility. We're not doing that. And the Daily Wire isn't putting out movie content that inspires men. They're putting out movie content that exaggerates the physical heroism of women. And so, I want you to think about this. About, and again, the Daily Wire, as I've told you, it's a disruptive news organization. As it relates to these movies, Run, Hide, Fight, Shut In, and now Terror on the Prairie, there's no disruption. They're following the Hollywood script. They've allowed Dallas and these other actors, actresses or whatever to talk them into and Hollywood people is let's make safe Netflix type movies. Uh, we'll just do them under the Daily Wire brand and use your money and your backing to get it done. 
and I can show the Hollywood people they were wrong for canceling me, and I can go back to Hollywood having made no movie that disrupts the Hollywood narrative. And again, the reason why this happens is because when you are a political organization, votes matter more than values. Over here, values matter far more than votes. We're going to stick to some values and some principles and concepts that are biblically sound. We're not going to be perfect. I'm a flawed sinner. I talk about it constantly. I'm still battling all the same flaws. I fled LA to get away from them, but they can find you here as well. But I'm not going to put out content that betrays the brand that we're building and the values that we believe in. And so what I want you to understand, my disappointment with terror on the prairie and the Daily Wire and they're, they're, the movies they're pumping out. I want you just to think about this. Hollywood is being more disruptive than the Daily Wire. Top Gun Maverick came straight out of Hollywood and it's more disruptive than Terror on the Prairie. Just think that through. Top Gun Maverick with Tom Cruise, the biggest box office star in Hollywood. A Scientologist. The whole industry out there in Hollywood has been captured by wokeness and the feminist movement. And they come out with a movie more disruptive, more pleasing to evangelicals and conservatives and Republicans than the Daily Wire. Top Gun Maverick is about a man standing up for his country and being a hero and men making the ultimate sacrifice for each other, risking their lives. You had a man hero who was in love with a woman that he left behind to go be heroic for his country and his fellow man and is breaking box office records, and everyone's talking about how, hey, they didn't follow the woke script, even though, to some degree, they did. You know, they, they bowed to the diversity gods and had a female pilot and a black pilot and a Hispanic pilot. But Top Gun Maverick is more disruptive than a movie put out by the Daily Wire. And this is where I, 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 I go to when I say values versus votes. And the, the votes is about a political perspective. And it's about, I gotta do everything I can to be as politically viable to as wide a spectrum of people as possible. But when you have values, 
you know what, I'm sticking to these values and I don't care whether they're popular or not. My values are going to shine such a bright light and be so overpowering. And I'm going to be a light unto the world that no one will be able to deny that I have adopted the right values and right principles. That's what we're trying to do. That's what can save America. If we just go for politics, we're not going to be saved. Republicans will not save America. And I know everybody's convinced, oh, this midterm election, and if we can just overtake the House and blah, blah. These people will bend because they're political people. And that's what political people, we're in this mess because they've, they bend. Conservative, again, I, I hear a lot of, oh, I'm a conservative. That's fine. And again, people call me a conservative. I, I've quit arguing about it, but I'm not a conservative. I'm a Christian, American. That's it. If being a Christian American makes me a conservative, I'll live with that. But being a conservative is a political term that provides you ultimate flexibility. Being a Christian, I can be judged based off what's in that Bible and people have every right to hold me to that standard and call me out when I, when I slip on that standard. And I, I'm going to deal with that and live with it and repent when I don't uh, meet those standards. I'm never going to run away from, I'm never going to run away from that identity. People are running away from it because they want to make as much money as possible. They want to be popular. They want to get back in the good graces of Hollywood. They want to be uncanceled. And that's what this movie was about last night. Uncanceling. I think the Dallas Sonier, I think he was canceled too. At, at some point he was uh, portrayed as a, uh, me too guy or uh, somebody he worked for. He, they, he kept a, they say he kept some sort of toxic culture uh, that one of his employees or someone that worked with him, you know, did some inappropriate sexual harassment type stuff. And, and so he basically got canceled. Gina Carano tweeted out some stuff and she got canceled. And so the, these people that are running over here to join forces with the Daily Wire, they're not doing it, in my view, because they really, really want to. They're doing it because they got canceled. And so people can, there will be people that will argue that about me. That, oh man, Whitlock got ESPN and the left, they cancel Whitlock and, and that's why He's over there saying that stuff he says now. He, he just did it because, you know, corporate media won't go for him. And they canceled him. And anybody that accurately looks at my history, I'm not saying anything today 
that I wasn't saying in the 1990s and 2000s, wasn't writing, wasn't, you know, go back to the stuff that took me to the greatest heights as a journalist. When, when I, the Scripps Howard Award and the National Journalism for Commentary, the only sports writer to ever win it, that got me on the Oprah Winfrey show for two days. That stuff, that was me uh, telling, writing a column, telling, hey, look, why are we overreacting to Don Imus and nappy-headed hoes, that comment? He's some white shock jock that we don't even follow. And plus, we're upset about him saying nappy-headed hoes when all of our rappers are, are saying bitches and hoes and talking about killing each other and blah, 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 and we're worried about Don Imus? That's what I wrote in 2007 that Oprah Winfrey Love put me on her show for two days, that put me on every television network, mainstream, whatever. 2007, saying all the same stuff. I've never gone along with the mainstream corporate media narrative. Later in 2007, when, when I went and dissected and, and uh, reset the entire narrative about the Jenna Six controversy, for those of you that are too young to remember or don't remember, Jenna Six was the, the, the six black kids in Louisiana, or yeah, I think it was Louisiana, Mississippi, somewhere down south, Jenna, Louisiana, uh, that allegedly beat up a white kid and nearly killed him but someone came in and reset the narrative. Well, they did it because five months before that, someone hung a noose uh, at the high school, and that's what provoked the kids to beat this kid up five, six months later. And I came in and wrote a piece for the Kansas City Star that told a story about, I think the guy's name is Al this white minister, Alan Bean, he concocted the whole narrative and sold it to the Chicago Tribune writer, I forget that guy's name, and, and recast that whole narrative and created the whole Genesis narrative. And so this is in 2007 or 2006, I can't remember, whatever, go look up the Genesis deal, go look. That was then, back, way back then. I've always, that's before I was ever hired, years before I was ever hired to run the undefeated. This is the stuff I was doing to build my brand as a great journalist. Go look at whatever year the Duke lacrosse thing was. And, and people have written books about the Duke lacrosse deal where, where the stripper prostitute, why wow, I can't remember, I can't believe I'm forgetting their name, but anyway, accused the Duke lacrosse players, the white Duke lacrosse players, of rape. People have written books about that case because it got blown up. But the people that have written books have all had to point to and say, you know who the first person in the media was to call this BS out? Jason Whitlock. Because I started writing about and talking about it then. Like, this don't add up. You got college kids in an argument with a stripper prostitute and we're believing the stripper prostitute and not the college kids. If this was all reversed, if this were black college students in a dispute 
with a white female stripper prostitute. And I'm saying this in 2007, 2008, whenever it was, uh, I'm saying this then, like, we'd all believe something different. No way we would take the word of a white female prostitute over black college students. And so what I'm saying is nothing has changed about me. It, I'm not here because I got canceled. I'm here over at the blaze and doing this fearless show because of my values, my biblical values. I'm a slave to them. I was then years ago, even though I wasn't wearing my faith on my sleeve as prominently as I am now, but I've been a slave to the truth because those were the things my grandmother and 25th street Baptist church planted inside of me. And it took a long time for them to take full root and grow above ground. It's like a bamboo tree. Once it got above ground, it just took off. But this is why I keep talking about values. And I'm going to apologize uh, because, and I'm sorry guys, I gotta apologize. I'm gonna take care of some business. You guys tell Delano and Steve Kim, I have to holler at them tomorrow. And I apologize, I told you guys Steve Kim and Delano were coming on, but I'm gonna have to holler at them tomorrow or later in the week. Uh, I apologize, but I'm not done here yet. And so I'm gonna keep going, but I wanna take care of some business first. Uh, Patriot Mobile, free speech, religious liberty, the second amendment, Across the country, your constitutional rights are under constant attack, and it's only getting worse by the day, which is why I'm proud to support Patriot Mobile. They're not just America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider. They're one of the few companies fighting back. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers, so you get the same great service, plus the peace of mind that your money is combating the left's attempt to silence you. Patriot Mobile has plans to fill any budget, and their 100% US-based customer support team provides exceptional customer support. Patriot Mobile shares your values and supports organizations fighting for religious freedom, constitutional rights, sanctity of life, and our veteran and first responder heroes. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Jason or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation with the offer code Jason. Veterans and first responders save even more. So make the switch today between the left and the media and the rhinos. We need to stick together. Patriotmobile.com slash Jason. Patriotmobile.com slash Jason or call 972-PATRIOT. Perfect, perfect. Uh, sponsor to be talking about today and how Patriot Mobile leans into explicitly their Christian, America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider. And I love how they didn't say conservative Christian, they said Christian conservative, because what they're basically saying is their Christian beliefs make them appear to be conservative when they're really just Christians. And, and what my whole point here, and why you guys need to hop on board with Patriot Mobile, why you, and I'm just gonna be 
flat out honest about it, why you need to hop on board with what we're doing here with this fearless army. This isn't a joke. This is about inspiring men and women, but particularly men, to stand on these biblical values. Don't fall. There are only hope. Political people will fall. They always do. Our history is littered with it. You know what Christians will do? They'll die before abandoning their principles. We've seen it all throughout history. These people are flawed, but they're Christians, they're believers, and they will sacrifice their lives in belief of what they believe in. Go look at the men who died during the Civil War and women who died during the Civil War. Go look at the people during the Civil Rights Movement, including Dr. King, who stood on their values and sacrificed their lives. We're in a biblical time. The attack on Christian values is so pronounced. And all this stuff, you, you think, Political people will not save us. And I'm not, that's not me arguing, hey, don't vote. That's not me saying the midterm elections or the presidents aren't important. But you better find people, including politicians, who have some religious values that they will not abandon. Find some people who are Christians first and politicians second. And what I'm arguing here today is put your faith and confidence in people who put their religious faith before their media political identity. And, and I'm not, again, I'm a subscriber to the Daily Wire. I'm always going to be a subscriber and a supporter of the Daily Wire, but I've seen enough and know enough to know like, hey, they're on something different than I am. They're going to bend. They are bending. They just put out a woke feminist movie. What is a woman? They asked the most biblical question. The only thing more biblical could have been what is a man? Because that's what God created first. But they left God out of it. And that's a strategy. That's a tactic. That's a bend to the left. That's surrender to the left. That's allowing the left to define the conversation and frame the conversation. If we're going to win this cultural war, this spiritual war, you can't let atheists define the conversation. See, what happened to America was we used to have the conversation based on biblical framing and parameters. And that's how Biblical people stood before America and its leaders 
and said, hey, slavery, it's not right. I've got this book called the Bible that you say you believe in. It doesn't jive with slavery. And that's why people were willing to go to war and die based on their biblical worldview that they would not bend on. We used to define the conversation. Now we allow the left to define and the atheists to define all of the conversation and we debate things on their terms. You know why I have the freedom that I have? And I'm not just talking about from slavery. I'm talking about from Jim Crow and segregation and being able to live where I want is because biblical people stood on biblical values and went to the Supreme Court, the president and every politician and said, hey, this doesn't jive with biblical principles. Denying me my freedom and my rights based on my skin color. That's not Christian. And we won that war. But now we're letting the left define and all debates are done on their terms. Here's some secular values. Here's some secular framework. Now go argue. Never going to win that debate. And so these people that are in my view, and I'm not calling them bad people. I'm just saying the Daily Wire people got to be smarter. They're letting people use them. To put out content that serves the left and atheist and all this non-biblical stuff and all this woke BS. Because those people, they're mad they got kicked out of Hollywood. See, you, you got to understand, so I left, and again, not that I'm not comparing myself to them or whatever, but again, there are people that, like, you know, I was like, well, this Hollywood thing, LA doesn't work for me. I got to get out of here. And I left. I wasn't kicked out. I left millions of dollars on the table, two-year contract, millions of dollars that I could have re-signed and kept hosting that show. But I wanted out of that cesspool. I wanted the freedom to say what I really think. And I don't miss the place. I don't miss, I didn't go to their parties, so I don't miss their parties. I didn't involve myself with the people that through the parties were all the little wannabe uh, TV and movie starlets came and you had access to get in their panties if you just played the game the right way. I didn't go to those events. I didn't run with those people that offered that up. And so it was a lot easier for me to exit. I'm not saying it was easy because again, wealth and fame, they'll provide those starlets for you. Uh, individually on your, you can have access to them on your own. And I did, but I eventually strong enough in my faith and figured out like this don't make me happy. 
This ain't what I want out of my life. This isn't what my purpose in life is for. This doesn't serve God. And so I chose to leave and to do something better and different. These people in bed with the Daily Wire, they got put out and they want back in the house. And they're using the Daily Wire, in my opinion, to get back in the house. Again, I don't know any of them personally. So these next comments have nothing to do with them personally. I'm just going to tell you what I know about Hollywood and that whole environment and what men are attracted to. And I'm talking about whether you're Christian or non-Christian or whatever. And again, it's why I had to get up out of there. But, but, but so again, I'm not talking about anybody specifically. I'm just telling you about why people who get canceled and then adopt, oh, I'm going to adopt some conservative principles and I'm going to buddy up with conservatives and I'm going to make movies with conservatives because that's their only option. But if they're using you, perhaps, so they can get their way back to Hollywood and back in the good graces of Hollywood so they can have access to all of the little 20 something and 30 something actresses who are willing to do anything to be in a movie. And if they like going to all the parties that the left throws where the drugs and the alcohol and the women and boys, girl, uh, men are available. If they like that and they got put out, they're going to beat on that door to get back in that house. And that's how you go to the Daily Wire, use their money and make a movie that is appropriate for Netflix. that has a woman as the ultimate hero. She's killed uh, three former Confederate soldiers and the husband comes home and shoots one in the back as he rides off away from their uh, house. That's how you make a movie that has the, 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 the main antagonist, the, the main opposite character is a Christian, a Bible quoting Christian who justifies all of his wickedness with biblical scripture. How do you make that movie? Don't you know who your audience is? And it got it. it I don't want anybody to think I'm demonizing these guys. I don't want Jeremy or anybody to hear what I'm saying as some kind of animus. It's not. It's love. I'm trying to shake you up. How do you make that movie? Go look at your subscribers. Do you think they want a movie where a Christian is the biggest villain? and is justifying his wickedness with biblical scriptures? Is that what your subscriber base wants? Is that fair to them? 
hey, off the backs of your subscriptions and your hard earned money that you're sending me, I'm going to make a movie that will be applauded by leftists and atheists. I, I, when I left that movie last night, I had no intentions when I got in the car and again, they sent me a car service and, and I hope that they'll do it in the future, but if not, I'm more than capable of getting myself there, but I appreciate it and I appreciate the hospitality and I'm telling you, I like the guys at the Daily Wire, but when I left that, I was like, yeah. You know, I just don't think I'm going to talk about uh, terror on the prairie. These guys have extended me so much hospitality and warmth that <sighs> popcorn was good. Nice event. I, I yeah, just I'm just not, I'm, I'm just going to not talk about it. As I slept. As I woke up in the morning and thought about it and thought more about it, I just kept getting more and more frustrated. And this morning, I ended up having conversations with people I respect. Some, some of them, one of them had been to the movie. And then I just started explaining the movie to other people I respect and just started getting, and I was like, you know what, I gotta talk about this. I gotta, I gotta, I can't be a coward. And I would be doing a disservice in my view to the people at the Daily Wire. They're attempting to do something really important. The Daily Wire wants to be disruptive. If you go look at their other content in other lanes, they're disruptive. They're disrupting the New York Times. If you look at the people they're supporting from Candace Owens, she's disruptive. Matt Walsh is what a woman. It's disruptive, not as disruptive as it could have been, but it's disruptive. How are you going to come out with a non-disruptive movie? Slap them people that talked you into it, that are using you and don't understand your brand. Slap them and tell them to go away. We can get other people to make movies for us. People who actually were willing to stand on these values that we believe in, you're not, you don't really believe in them. You just want to make movies. You're mad as heck that you got kicked out of the house and you can't go to the parties and you can't you, you, you can't go out to dinner comfortably with all the people you want to go out to dinner with in the left. And so you're making movies and you're on the phone right now today. Going, Guys, my, my movie's great and you're going to love it. And, and, you know, it's got a female hero and we clown Christians in it. And the, the most wicked person in there is a Christian. Guys, trust me. You're, you're going to love it. And you're probably going to take a collect call from Harvey Weinstein today and, and he'll be calling you from jail. Harvey, you'll love my movie. It's great. I know you're in a hell hole and this movie will be great. Everybody in prison will love it because that's a hell hole. And this movie's made for people in hell holes. Yeah, Harvey, you'll, you'll, you're going to love this movie. Everybody in the Hollywood elite crowd will love that movie. It'll probably be ignored by them because it's attached to the Daily Wire. But clearly someone has talked the Daily Wire into believing that 
courting the affection of the left is more important than being loyal to its day one supporters. And again, if I wasn't a subscriber to the Daily Wire and maybe they'll disconnect my subscription today over these comments, I doubt it because I think they're, uh, they got more character than that. But again, I can make this argument because I'm a subscriber. I'm their target audience, allegedly. And I left that movie like, they, they, they don't care nothing about me. This movie's not for me. I like Pale Rider. I like Unforgiven. I like Hateful, I like Django Unchained. I like Shane. Make a movie for me. And, and maybe I, I'm gonna have to, I, I, I think I've, wa I've watched Pale Rider, The Hateful Eight and Django. I've watched them all, rewatched them all in the past year. Uh, but I may have to go rewatch Shane and Unforgiven. No, I think I've watched Unforgiven. No, maybe not in the past year I haven't watched Unforgiven. But I may have to go watch Shane and Unforgiven and just see, did I miss, maybe I'll go rewatch all of them, just see, did I miss something? Were the heroes of any of these, or were the villains in any of these movies, were they Bible quoting Christians? And, 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 and I really, again, the question Jeremy and the people at the Daily Wire have to answer to me is like, how can Top Gun Speak to me, and I, you know, I, Top Gun was just okay, but how can I like Top Gun and the themes explored in Top Gun better than the movie put out by the Daily Wire? And so I, I do want to offer the, the Daily Wire this defense, because what they will argue is like, hey, this showed a man and a woman committed to each other and willing to make the ultimate sacrifice for each other, Gina Carano and her husband. Okay, that, that's an element of the movie, but it's not the overwhelming. You gotta remember, for 75% of the movie, 80% of the movie, the husband wasn't even there or involved. He was away in town, looking for a job and at a saloon playing poker and drinking. So I, I get that Toward the end, it showed you like, hey man, these guys are really committed to each other, blah, blah. But that's just a small little element. That, again, 75, 80% of the movie, the husband wasn't involved, he was away. And then the other thing they will throw, there was a neighbor that came to offer uh, Gina Carano some help. And this was probably a two, three minute scene. And he got smoked, killed, scalped. And you know, before he died, he prayed or said some biblical type scriptures. And so, you know, they, they would say, well, see that the one guy that was on screen for two or three minutes and, and got killed, you know, he was a Christian as well. That that that's a weak excuse. And so anyway, uh, I apologize to you all for not broadening the show uh, and Steve Kim's probably mad at me, Delano's probably mad at me, I'll make it up to you guys. 
Uh, but I knew I had a lot to say about this and, and wanted to say it. Uh, and and I'm, I'm going to end on this note. And so, and this may take more time. We may have to play tomorrow on a loop because I, I do want to hammer this point. <laughs> this thing I'm trying to do with Fearless, if you or anybody you know wants to be a responsible man, if you want to see this country go back to appreciating American freedom and the values that establish this country, you need to be a part of this fearless army and this fearless movement. And it's not, at this point, as glorious and as big and as uh, flush with cash to spend as the Daily Wire. But I can tell you one thing, I'm not coming up off these values. Not for anybody or anything. There's, they don't have enough money to wave in front of me. Just keeping it 100, 100, 100. I've, I've been intimate with women as beautiful as they have to offer on the planet. That doesn't move me, I don't care about it. So that there's no money, there's no woman, there's no nothing they can offer me. There's no gun they can put to my head to make me come off these values. And I'm looking for other people. And again, am I a sinful, weak man? No question about it. No question about it. I'm not perfect, but I'm never going to back away from my beliefs. I'm never going to put out content that doesn't back up my beliefs and my biblical worldview. And again, we may crack some jokes, inappropriate or whatever, but I'm just, I don't know what they spent on that movie. But if I had five, 10, 20 million bucks to blow on a movie, there ain't gonna be no Christian, evil, wicked person quoting Bible scriptures to justify his evil and wickedness. And what you're gonna see is some strong men standing up and doing what men are supposed to do and what God wants them to do. So uh, I'm trying to say that stick with this fearless army. We're small. Uh, but we are determined and based. All right, that's tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow. Waiting for the countdown, coming off the breakdown, standing in line for freedom. Looking for a breakout, feeling like a standoff, nothing in life like freedom. Came like a fighter, striking like a ladder, making all this moves for freedom. I want freedom. No negotiation, my sister, no relation We all just wanna have freedom Sitting on the corner, never been alone I'm breaking my back for freedom Bless, we are living, get back We are receiving, all receiving We all wanna be free We want freedom I just want, I wanna be I just want